0: Welcome to The Wounded Christian. I'm your host, John Piper. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about Christmas. Why? Because I'm releasing this episode in December, just before Christmas. If you're about to stop listening because you are listening to this after Christmas, don't tune out. There may be something worth your time to listen to. If you're into Christmas, then let me wish you a Merry Christmas. If you aren't, then Merry Bar Humbug to you. I have to admit that as an adult without kids... Christmas doesn't mean as much to me as it should. As a child, I grew up in a small village in England. There were about 500 houses spread across six hamlets or small settlements. The town had four small churches and two pubs. The Anglican church was the biggest of the churches. It was an old building with vast ceilings and ancient stone glass windows. When I say old, for my American listeners, I really mean old. The archway into the church was first erected in 1150 and there had been a church on the site since 1086. The church is very high church, and almost Catholic in appearance. On the average Sunday, there may have been maybe 20 congregants, but midnight mass, starting at 11.30pm on Christmas Eve, was special. The church would be packed. If you weren't early, you'd end up sitting at the back with the drunks from the pub, who came mainly because the pub kicked out early, but partly because of tradition as well. Now there's nothing spiritual about a Christian full of people who attend church one day a year out of tradition. But there is something special about an entire village taking part in a tradition. There's also something special about a season where time slows down, businesses close, and people spend more time with their family. Today, I attend a church that does not follow any kind of liturgical calendar. We don't have names for specific Sundays, and most services aren't determined by the calendar or by the seasons. I've spent many years working over the Christmas period, getting Christmas Day off, but that was it. And as we don't have kids, the magic of Christmas just is not what it was when I was a child. But for the past couple of years, I've been trying really hard to get back into the Christmas spirit. As I've healed, God has shown me more and more about the true magic of Christmas, and I've learned some things that I didn't know before. There is a town near us, a small town of around a thousand people, that puts on a Christmas show every year. It's a tourist town in in the heart of Amish country. For two nights in December, they have a live nativity spread across the town. It starts at a church, and it goes to a couple of businesses, and then ends up at a farm. It takes over 400 volunteers to pull it off. It is beautifully done and presents the gospel of the Christmas story without any of the commercialization. This year we were sat in a barn with a large group of people listening to a choir sing. As they sang Silent Night, there was silence in the barn, except for the choir singing and the sheep bleating. It was awesome and the presence of God was almost tangible. Then the choir sang, Mary Did You Know, and it was possibly the best I have ever heard it sung. Now apparently Twitter is full of people every year claiming that the song is critical of Mary. I just don't get it, and I try not to engage with idiots, but it got me to thinking about Mary again. I was going to rewrite the words of the song and sing it, sing you my version, but I want to aid in your healing, not hinder it. So instead, I have taken something I wrote in the book and adapted it. I'm going to read it to you, not sing it to you, so stop worrying. There are some loony people out there who claim that Mary knew what was involved in being the mother of Christ. They base this assumption on the belief that Gabriel would have told her. But as one who has suffered while following God's calling, I know that Mary did not know. This is based on the knowledge that if she had known, there is no way she could have handled it. So here we go, and this is entitled What Mary Didn't Know. Mary did not know that she would be ridiculed and ostracised by her family, her friends, and her community for being pregnant before she was married. Mary did not know that her fiancé would consider leaving her because of that pregnancy. Mary did not know that she would have to ride a donkey while nine months pregnant. Mary did not know that she would give birth amongst the animals. Mary did not know that she, Joseph and her child would be hunted by the authorities or they would would have to flee to a foreign land to escape those authorities who were trying to kill her child. Mary did not know that her son would be labelled a drunk, a heretic or a criminal. Mary did not know that her cousin would be beheaded because of his teaching about her son. Mary did not know that her son's followers and friends would completely desert him. Mary did not know that her son would be arrested, prosecuted, tried, found guilty and publicly executed for a a crime he did not commit, by the very people that he came to save. We often hear how hard it was for God to give up his only son to die for us. But God knew the end from the beginning. Mary did not. If at the very beginning Gabriel had sat Mary and Joseph down and told them everything their son was going to go through, either of them would have been able to cope with that information. We are told that Mary pondered these things in her heart. Well, ponder this. It is suggested that Mary died 11 years after Jesus was executed. In those 11 years, she may have had a small part in the foundation of the early church. But before any of the New Testament was written, she may have seen a small amount of the effect Jesus, her son, had on the earth. But she would have had to wait until she joined him in heaven to get the full picture. At this Christmas time, it can be especially hard for those who have been wounded. A time when all around us, even non-Christians, are celebrating. It can be easy to ask, what do I have to celebrate? I know this because I have had many Christmases asking that very question. So this Christmas I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a gift of encouragement. For those of you waiting for the magic to return, I want to encourage you that having to wait is not a reflection on you. Whether you are waiting on healing, on the healing process to progress, or you are waiting for your what's next from God, I want to encourage you that you are in good company. In fact, you are in the best company. I'm going to encourage you in a rather strange way. I'm going to tell you about some other people that had to wait for God. I recently heard a sermon on waiting on God and the person preaching was talking about waiting in the correct way. What they had to say was useful but very basic. It was obvious that while they had struggled in an area waiting on God's answers, they had not been particularly wounded in that waiting. I've put down a number of articles on waiting on God because it was clear that the writer was coming from an academic knowledge of what it means. I do not pretend to know the answer to how to wait on God. But I want to share something with you about two people involved in the Christmas story who had to wait a long time for God's promise to come. The first person I want to talk about is Simeon. He was a devout priest who loved God. He was told by God that he would not die until he saw Christ. The Bible does not tell us how old Simeon was when God told him that. And it does not say how old he was when he finally met Mary, Joseph and the Christ child. But his reaction tells us a lot. After seeing Christ and it being revealed to him that this was the child he had been waiting to see, he was ready to die. Most church history suggests that Simeon was an incredibly old man when this happened and that he was a very young man when God promised him that he would see Christ. Nothing that Simeon did said prayed or thought could speed up or delay the time when he would see christ the second person i want to talk about is mary who i've already been talking about as mary lay weeping at the foot of the cross what do you think was going through her mind 30 something years prior gabriel had told her that she would be the mother of god's son the promised savior to the jewish people the messiah Even if Jesus had told her what was going to happen, do you not think that at that moment she had a lot of questions? Questions like, what did I do wrong? Was Gabriel wrong? Was my son son not who I thought he was? Did I fail as a mother? Did I fail my God? Is this the end? Mary did not do anything wrong. What felt like the entire world falling apart around her was actually all a part of God's plan but Mary would have to wait the rest of her life to find out that what she thought was God's plan going wrong and her failing was actually God's plan going right and her succeeding if like me your life came crashing down around you and you are waiting for answers you may have a long time to wait to get them And I know that doesn't sound encouraging, but my encouragement to you is that it is okay to have to wait. God's timing is never our timing. God's idea of success is never our idea of success. And what we see as failure is rarely what God sees as failure. There was a time when I felt that I had failed God. Times of celebration were hard because what did I have to celebrate? I blamed myself, and sometimes I blamed God. If that is you, then take solace in this. Simeon did nothing wrong that meant that he had to wait such a long time to see Christ. And Mary did nothing wrong that her calling seemed to have failed when her promised son was hunted, spat on, falsely accused, abandoned, and nailed to a tree for something he did not do. Maybe, just maybe, this Christmas season, you can look past the pain and see that what happened to you was, in some strange way, a part of God's plan, and that you did nothing to cause it. I want to end today's episode with a story of something that recently happened, because I've learnt a lot from it. One of my wife's nieces recently found herself, her husband, and their young child homeless. They were homeless through no fault of their own. They had been living in another state and our niece's husband had been working for my wife's brother. He was let go from work and they moved back to Ohio. They got new jobs right away but had struggled to find somewhere to live. So they had been staying with his mother. Unfortunately, they caught COVID and couldn't stay with his mother for a while because they had to go into quarantine. So they were homeless. They ended up using the spare few dollars they had to pay for a hotel room. A number of the family members came together and paid for a few nights. But quarantining in a hotel is incredibly expensive. My wife asked her niece if she had asked her dad for help. This is the same dad who fired her husband and they did not leave on the best of terms. She had not spoken to her dad since and he did not know that they were homeless. Why she had not told her dad, she said, because I don't want him to think I am a failure. This seemed like a really bizarre response. The only reason they were homeless was because they could not stay with family while they were quarantined with COVID. Where is the failure in that? But I get it. I get the feeling that she had. I get that she felt like she had failed. Because I felt that way too. I still feel that way at times. And I have to remind myself that I am not a failure. When my wife told her brother that his daughter and her husband and their daughter was staying in a hotel and did not have enough money to stay till the end of their quarantine, what do you think he did? He dropped what he was doing and he drove all the way to Ohio to pay for the rest of their stay because the hotel would not take a payment over the phone. Now, my wife's brother is not a Christian and he was still upset with his daughter and with her husband for the way that they had left things. But at the same time, he loves his daughter and he couldn't see her being on the streets. When he heard that his daughter thought she had failed him he was confused because he didn't see it that way. Maybe you feel like you failed God but if an earthly father can love his daughter enough to drop everything to come to her rescue despite having bad feelings between them how much more does your heavenly father love you? I want to leave you with some words from a song by Elevation Worship called Jaira. I heard these words recently and they made me laugh. I know they're really corny and that's probably why I like them. But if you still think that you have failed God, then maybe these will speak to you. And the words are simply these. You haven't let God down because you weren't holding him up. With that thought in mind, I pray that you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and that as you go into 2022, you know that the wait for God's promise to you is one year closer than it was last year.